Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. We're very glad that you have joined us for today's program. And as we begin our Bible study today, we would like to ask that you please join us for prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord in heaven, you are so good to us and we thank you. And we ask that as the scriptures are open before us, and as we take a look at some of the answers to our questions in its sacred pages, that you would please give us your spirit. Give us answers straight from the Bible. Be with us here, those of us who are um, putting this program together at the studios of Joy FM, and also please be with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. It's wonderful to be here with you today. My name is Pastor Louis Moffness. This is Straight from the Bible, and with me is my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. So glad to have you here with me today. Hello, Pastor Moffness. Thank you for having me here with you today. It's good to have um uh, have our our uh, my wife with me. It's great to have our our Joy FM uh, crew also putting this uh, program together, and we're very glad that you have joined us, our listening friends. Now, if you have a Bible-related question, then you may take advantage of the time that we have together and call in your questions. And uh, Jessica, if they want to call in their questions, they probably need to know the phone numbers and other ways that they can contact us. So what are those uh, contact information for our friends? Okay, if you are calling from the island of Guam, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. If you want to email your question, you're welcome to do so at Bible at joyfmradio.net. That's B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. And you can text or WhatsApp your question. You're welcome to do so at 671-686-9999. 686-9999. And we are live on Facebook right now. If you want to see what Pastor Moffness looks like. Or Jessica. Or Jessica <laughs> Moffness. You're welcome to do so. We are live at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. You can put your question there in the comment section as well. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to do so. And we'll see that immediately. Now, if you are listening or watching this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6 p.m., then you are listening to a rebroadcast. Now, you may still call. You can still contact Joy FM through any of these ways. But your live answer will come, of course, the following program which is uh, presumably going to be held the next Monday after you call. And so go ahead and pick up your phones right now and dial in your questions. Uh, there's a, a limited time we have until 6 p.m. right now. And so please, uh, by all means, let's send us your question. We are waiting. Our operators are standing by, and we are going to be waiting for your call. Okay, so Jessica, until they call, I think we do have a few email questions that have come to us. And so who, uh, are, what questions should we look at first? All right, let me go and see if I could read this correctly. It says, okay. in Genesis 1, each creation day is ended with saying, 
and there was evening and there was morning and blank day hmm. every day except for the seventh day on that day it states that God entered into his rest on the seventh day meaning that his rest from creation is perpetual this might seem like an insignificant thing to the casual reader but in an account that it is in fact poetic in form it was significant to the author and it had significance what's your thoughts okay all right, so I, I wonder if you followed that uh, question, and the question goes like this. Every day, from the first day to the sixth day, it says the evening and the morning were the first day, the evening and the morning were the second day, the evening and the morning, all the way up until the sixth day. But when you go to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, it does not say that about the Sabbath, the evening and the morning, and then the Sabbath day. Um if you go to the book of Genesis and you take a look at chapter 2, verse 1, and Jessica, could you read that for us? It says, Thus the heavens <clears throat> and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on verse 2, please. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. Okay, so the, the uh, person who sent in the question notices that there is no evening in the morning and then the seventh day. Um... Well, that would uh, that would mean that, yes, the seventh day was the next day after the sixth. The evening in the morning was the, was the sixth day. Um, so the question is, was there a perpetual rest after that? In a sense, yes. In other words, all creation was finished uh, on the sixth day. On, on the seventh day, there was no creation. And so he rested from his seventh day and creation week. Uh, brought an end to God's active uh, creative power when it come when it came to the the work of uh, creating this world. Uh, and is it safe to say He created the seventh day? I mean, that's, oh yeah, every day you yeah. know, every day He caused the the, the days to happen. Right. Uh, but uh, the, the is the rest perpetual in a sense that God finished His work? That's what we read in Genesis right. chapter two. He finished his work. In other words, he didn't create another another uh, race of humans. He didn't uh, continue uh, making more land or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He didn't uh, continue giving us, uh, you know, maybe another sun and another moon. He didn't, you know, on the sixth day, he finished his work. So in a sense, yes, there is some sort of perpetual no more of creation work for uh, God. In the sense that everything that he was going to create here in this world, he finished. Okay. But Jesus did say something that even after creation, and he said this in connection to the Sabbath day. And the whole thing, uh, you find this in the book of John chapter 5. I think we should turn there. In the book of John chapter 5, in, cre in connection with the Sabbath, uh, in John chapter 5, Jesus reveals something about his father and himself as well about what happened even after the sabbath the very first sabbath okay so let's go to the book of john chapter 5 and we're going to read verses 16 and 17 all right uh, jessica could you help us with that it says for this reason the jews persecuted jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the sabbath but jesus answered them my father has been working until now, and I have been working. So Jesus clearly said that even after the very first Sabbath, he says the father has been working until now. Mm. 
In other words, God didn't just simply create the world and then say, I have nothing else to do. I'm going to leave the world. I'm going to wind it up like a clock and abandon it. Um, he says that um, my father has been working all the way up until now. Right. And here's the thing about creation. Creation does not have any inherent power or self-perpetuating power. God has to uphold his creation. Mm. Um, the Apostle Paul I'm sorry, uh, the prophet Daniel said to Belshazzar, uh, God, uh, the God in whose hand your breath is. Mm -hmm. In other words, when, whenever we take a break, God is giving us that breath. I mean, every time we take a breath, right. he, he's the one who is keeping us breathing. He's the one who keeps our heart beating. He's the one who sustains us with food. He's the one who, um, uphold, uh, he, he's the one who keeps the, the atoms and the molecules and the cells together. Right. Uh, without God... Without God continually working, mm -hmm. we wouldn't even ex exist. Right. And so Jesus said, even on the Sabbath day, God doesn't, God continues to uphold all things, even on the Sabbath day. Right. And so, yes, he did finish his work in, in, in bringing new things into existence during those six days. Mm. The sun, moon, stars, the, the, the water, the earth, the, the seeds, the trees, the grass, the, the animals, the birds. All of them were all created on, six, on the sixth day. But even after that, God is still very active, working, Jesus says working, to uphold everything right. up until now. And he said up until now, and we can say up until now also with us. Right. So I thank God that he is intimately involved in his creation, continuing to uphold all things. I like how you brought up, I mean, the sun doesn't stop shining just because... Mm. Uh, God isn't working, you know. In other <laughs> he's words, the one who keeps it going. He's the one that keeps us going. Even our, the breath within us, I like how you brought that out. Just the breath within us is being there because God exists. And, you know, the God doesn't stop. And I, and I know we didn't read the content of mm. uh, John chapter 5. Right. But I really love that story because even on the Sabbath, Jesus heals. That's right. Um, and so God doesn't stop healing just because it's the Sabbath. Right. Either. And so I like how how you brought that out, that God continues to work, hmm. but not the kind of work that, you know, we do. Well, but well, it, it's because, it, I mean, even he is God and we do rest with him and in him on the Sabbath so that we can spend time with him. Hmm. But even if we were sick, he'd still spend time with us. That's right. You know, uh, and he, well, yeah. there was this one time mm -hmm. where um, somebody asked me, uh, what can we do on the Sabbath? Do we have to cease all work? Well, there are some things that are actually necessary. I mean, mothers are not going to abandon their babies right, right. on the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. And so there's still, you know, some motherly tasks and work and labor in order to sustain the life of her children. Right. Our father on the Sabbath day does the same thing for us. Right. He doesn't abandon us on the Sabbath day. Praise God for that. Yes. He says, I will continue to uphold you. As a matter of fact, Jesus did so much healing on the Sabbath day. You might say that God takes special care and special interests and special, uh, uh, special efforts to bless his people on the Sabbath day. So, yes, um, to, just to answer the question that was uh, offered Yes, there is a type of perpetual rest in that he is not bringing any new creations after that that first creation week, but God has not uh, he has not ceased to feed, to clothe, to comfort, and to to provide 
life for his people even after that first creation week. He is continually upholding all things by his power. As a matter of fact, I was looking at this verse in the book of Acts chapter 17 where the Apostle Paul said the very same thing, where he was describing uh, God to some idolaters in Athens. And if I could find that verse in the book of Acts chapter 17 in verse 28. It's, and would you like to read that, Jessica? It says, For in him we live and move and have our being. A certain also of our own poet have said, uh, For we are also his offspring. So did you get that? In him we live and move and have our what? Being. Our very being. He holds us together. And the Apostle Paul, he says, Even one of your own people said that we are his offspring. We are his children. And so who abandons their children on a, on a rest day? Um, you know, no good parent would. Right. And so our God is the best parent. And so he, even on the Sabbath, cares for us. And I love that about the Sabbath, and I love that about our God. Amen. Okay. So we certainly hope that that uh, answered the question for the person who emailed that in. Thank you very much for your question. We certainly hope uh, we gave a, a solid Bible answer for that. Okay. So we're taking a... Uh, we're taking uh, more time to look at the emails, but we do want you to call in your question. And so I want to give those phone numbers again, 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from Guam, that is. Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. Okay? And please join us on facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, and uh, you'll be able to see... The live stream there, click on that live stream, and in the comment section below the video, you may leave your Bible question there. We'll see it immediately. All right. Okay, uh, Jessica, do we have another email? Yes. Uh, so another question came in through email, and it says to explain 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Okay, so why don't we turn there, and we will read it first, and then we'll give some uh, commentary and explanation. You said the book of Second Corinthians 6? Uh-huh. Okay, Chapter 6, six verse, 14. verse 14. And uh, do you have that there? Would you uh -huh. like to read it? Okay, go ahead. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Okay. Now, if you continue reading all the way down to verse 18, mm -hmm. he continues and he says, actually, there in verse 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So when it says, do not be unequally yoked, um, the imagery that the Apostle Paul is using in yoking, uh, you know, for those who use farm animals, and who use farm animals to pull plows or maybe even pull a cart. Uh, there are different animals that can do that. There's a ho there are horses. Um, there are oxen. And, um, you know, whatever animal. Donkeys, perhaps. Right. But the thing is, those are all different animals. And mm -hmm. so to yoke up an animal with another animal of a different size, a different stride, a different gait. Uh, when I say gait, I mean G-A-I-T. In other words, a different way of walking. Um have you ever noticed that when men and women, when they when they interlock arms uh -huh. uh, and they try to walk together, uh, yeah, either, either the woman has to walk differently or the man has to walk differently because now they're 
yoke, they're kind of yoked together with the arms. And so if you take a horse and a donkey and yoke them together, someone's going to suffer. Either one or is going to... Or both. Or both. Yep. You know what? Both. And so that's the imagery that uh, Paul is using, that if a believer unites in a sinful thing with an unbeliever, uh, or maybe it doesn't have to be a sinful thing, but just being yoked together, and that means, you know, you are bound together. Now, the probably what would be the the best example for this would be uh, marriage. Marriage does bind two people together in a very, very solid way. And the Apostle Paul says, don't uh, believers, uh, those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who believe in God, those who are trying to follow the scriptures, um, it is not advisable to unite in a very, very solid bond as marriage um, to, to a person who doesn't believe the same, an unbeliever. And this is very uh, well demonstrated many times when there is one spouse who believes in Jesus, but the other does not, and now there's problems in the marriage. Marriage has its difficulties in its own. Right. There's no need to make it complicated by uh by uh by uh, making their um joining in when there are religious differences or spiritual differences right and so now one wants to pray one wants to teach the kids this and the other spouse wants to teach the kids the opposite and it's a very very painful experience and so the apostle paul he says you really shouldn't do that and by the way you find that in other places of the scripture if you go to the book of genesis chapter 6 we see that this happened back um, during the days of Noah, Genesis chapter uh, 6, and let's read verse 2. And it talks about two groups of people, Genesis chapter 6, verse 2. It says, why don't I go ahead and read verse 1 and 2. Okay. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the <clears> earth, <throat> and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Hmm. So here we see that the sons of God, now who would that be? Many people believe that these are angels, but Jesus made it very clear, angels don't marry. Right. And so th these can't be angels. And so who are the sons of God? Well, um, in the scriptures, we see, um, we see that, uh, that many times the believers of God are the ones who are called the sons of God. Right. I said, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we might be called the sons of God. Right. And so this would be the godly uh, group of people. And uh, you, you can see that um, these would be the, uh, the, son, the sons of God would be the lineage of Seth, the ones who were faithful to God. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then um, the, the, the daughters of men would be the opposite line, which right. would be the line of Cain. And so these were those who were rebellious against God. So it's like saying the the sons of the believers mm -hmm. looked at the sons of the non the daughters, uh, daughters of the non-believers. Non yes. And they saw that they were fair. They were pretty mm -hmm. and uh, very enticing. And so when they uh, united in marriage, that is when the world went so bad. And it says that they had children and men of renown. And in other words, they were violent. The children, their children uh, became warlike and the earth was filled with violence. And so the sons of God lost their distinct identity as God's people. Mm -hmm. There were only eight, eight people who decided to stay faithful to God, Noah, his wife, his sons, 
and Noah's daughter-in-laws. And so we see that when the believers married the unbelievers, that's when things started to go horribly wrong. And that terrible influence went worldwide to such a great extent that God decided to flood the world because the earth was filled with wickedness. Right. And so that is a good example of what the Apostle Paul says, that the believers shouldn't be yoked up with unbelievers because usually it's the believers who have to compromise and go along with with the influence of their unbelieving spouses. Right, and and I think it, the reason why that is more likely is because we are living in a sinful world, mm-hmm. and lots if, of influences. If anything, everywhere. the sons of God are a minority mm. in this world. Uh, that you know, the the sons of, of not God <laughs> right, are right. a majority, mm. and so the influence is a little bit stronger. And the thing is, I know he's not um, talking only about marriage, marriage right. but there's so much wisdom in there. Yes. Uh, so much wisdom uh, given in advice to mm. God's people. Um, yeah, uniting with uh, uniting and being unequally yoked in business. Right. Uh, being unequally yoked in uh, well, too close of a friendship. Right. Now Jesus was a friend of sinners, but he never got to the point where the friendship. Uh, was going to influence him in a wrong way. Right. If you have, if you have, if you have friends and you're trying to follow Jesus and be faithful to him, but you have friends who are enticing you the opposite direction, yeah, don't be unequally yoked with them. You know, there are people who are trying to give up alcohol, trying to give up smoking, drugs, mm-hmm. and their friends <clears throat> would, you know, would influence them the wrong way. And so the Apostle Paul says, you know, there's no fellowship between light and darkness, Christ and Belial. And uh, so he says, you know, come out of them and be separate. Because it's better to be separate and faithful than together with them and joining in their, uh, I mean, getting influenced by them into sin. Right. Right. Okay. So good questions that are coming. And so we definitely would like to thank you for sending in your emails and uh, after every question, I just want to encourage you to pick up your phone and go ahead and dial in your questions. 472-1111. Call us, and we would love to hear your question. If you're on Guam, it's 472-1111. If you are from the CNMI, and I hope they are listening there across the waters, and you may dial 323-1113, 323-1113. And if you would like to join us on Facebook.com forward slash Joy FM Radio, then please do so. Go ahead and click on, uh, go to Facebook, go to the Joy FM page, and there you'll see the live stream of Straight from the Bible. And I see that there are people who are watching, and especially I'm noticing Pastor Cunha, who was, uh, who was on this show several times. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see them. And so if you're watching or... Well, you can leave your question there in the comments section, and we'll see it immediately. And by the way, if you're watching, why not call? (laughs) And so I see that Pastor Cunha is watching. God bless you. Uh, He has since uh, left the island of Guam, and he's in Portugal right now. We certainly hope his ministry is being blessed. I see other people there watching. Everybody who's listening, we would like to encourage you to call in your question. Okay. So do we have another question, Jessica? So we did. We do have another question, Pastor Moftas, that came in through email. It's a very commonly asked question, mm-hmm. and let's see. It says, "Will babies make it to heaven?" 
You know, that is a common question that I actually love getting. Mm-hmm. Because uh, first of all, I... Uh, we, we love babies. <laughs> you yeah. know, babies are just the best. They are. And they're, they're full of cuteness, and f- they just bring the best out of you, don't they? You know, you can <laughs> feel the blessing just holding a baby. I know. Just watching their smiles and their, their the you know, when they look at you, you see them observing and learning, and it's just, you know, they're, they're just such gifts of God. You know, you can never outstare a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't. <laughs> you can't. The baby you will can't. stare at you and... And if if they can bring us such feelings of love and joy, how much more God? And I believe that God, when he uh, looks down upon the precious uh, babies and children here in this world, I just know that his heart also is responding in unfathomable, unlimited love towards them. And I, I know that they bring joy to his heart as well. Now, in a sinful world such as ours, which is the only one really. Um, unfortunately, it's not only adults who die. Right. And there are many people who have lost babies um, at a very young age. And there's always that question, will I ever see my child again? Will I ever see my, my baby girl or baby boy ever again? Uh, sons and uh, brothers and sisters wonder the same thing. Um, first of all, you know, I know that this is a very emotionally charged thing because uh, as much as we love babies, when we lose one, that hurts and it breaks our heart. And uh, many people ask, will babies make it to the kingdom of heaven? First of all, I would like to point out that there is one story in the Bible where uh, there was, in fact, a death of not just one baby, but but a, a large group. All the babies, two years old and younger, who were in Bethlehem. Of course, we know the story in the book of Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 18. And Jessica, could you read that for us? Matthew chapter 2 and reading verse 18. Um, Perhaps 16 to 18 would be better. Okay, so let me go ahead and get there. Matthew 2, 16 to 18. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they were no more." Now, that was a very, very tragic and sad day when all the male babies, two years old and younger, were slaughtered, massacred by King Herod in a jealous rage in an effort to kill the baby Jesus. Now, the baby Jesus, of course, did escape with Joseph and Mary to Egypt, but all those other babies did suffer a terrible fate. And when... Whenever I read that story, yeah, many people say it's a Christmas story. Actually, didn't. it's not a Christmas story. It happened two years after, right. after the first Christmas. One thing that I find interesting is the prophecy, that, that whole thing was actually prophesied to happen. And it was quoted that Jeremiah the prophet um, said something, and this event fulfilled it. And personally, whenever I see something quoted, I like going back to the original source. Right. So let's go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, and we'll read verse 15. Okay, in Jeremiah chapter 31, 
And let's oh. read verse 15. And here we see the original prophecy. And 31 verse 15, but because we can hear the music, that means we've come to our halfway point and we're going to be taking a break. We will take this question up again after this. Feeling a little down? Psalm 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Feeling kind of dumb? The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Feeling a little sad? Psalm 19.8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Feeling like you're stumbling around in the dark? The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. If today's kind of a sad, dark, dumb, down day for you, remember Psalm 19, 7, and 8, where it talks about the law, the statutes, the precepts, and commands of the Lord, and how they bring revival, wisdom, joy, and light. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. You can turn your day around. Just crack open his book and let him speak to you. From Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio. JoyFMRadio.net. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. We are live here in the studios of Joy FM. If you'd like to go ahead and ask a question that deals anything with the Bible, you're welcome to do so. Pastor Moftis is in the studios right now. <laughs> the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, those num- that number is 323-1113. That's 323-1113. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question at 671-686-9999. That's 686-9999. We also have our computers open right now. If you want to email your questions, you're welcome to do so. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. And we are also live on Facebook. Uh, that is facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Oh, it sounds What's like we're getting a double uh, a double sound here. Not sure what that was, <laughs> what that was but okay. So... Uh, Joy FM, yeah, uh, again, facebook.com forward slash Joy FM Radio. And leave your comment, your question in the comment section so we can uh, take your question that way. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, now uh, let's continue where we left off. And there was a question that came in about babies. Will they make it to heaven? Right. Uh, once more, to review, the there was a, um, a certain time in the time of uh, King Herod where babies were put to death. Mm-hmm. We saw that it happened in Matthew chapter 3, um, but that was prophesied in Jeremiah chapter 31. And we didn't read it yet, so let's go ahead and go back. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 31, and we're going to read verse 15. So this is the original text from what we read previous. Mm-hmm. This is the original prophecy that Jeremiah spoke about. Thus says the Lord, we refrain your voice from weeping. and your Oh, wait a minute, sorry. 
Um, oh, oh no, um, verse 15. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> I was reading the right chapter, wrong verse. Okay. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. So we recognize that as the original prophecy right. that the, the massacre of the babies in Bethlehem fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, Matthew says that that was the fulfillment. What's interesting is what the very next verse after, mm-hmm. and you were going to read that, right. verse 16. Why don't you read that for us? It says, refrain your, thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. So God himself says, Rachel's weeping in, in the person of all those mothers in Bethlehem who lost mm-hmm. their baby, two, uh, two-year-old baby boys and right. younger. He actually speaks to them. I'm trying to imagine a mother reading these verses right here. Mm. Don't cry. You know, <laughs> these mothers, if they went back to their Bibles and looked at the prophecy and, you know, don't cry because your work is going to be rewarded. They will come again from the land of the enemy. In other words, you know, the grave. And so that is a very, very comforting thing to where God himself promises that those babies in Bethlehem will come back again. Right. Now, I'm not, I, I, I'm not in a position to say every baby is going to be resurrected. I'm simply not the judge. Right. But based on that, we can say that there will be babies resurrected mm. and there will be children in heaven, in the new earth, when, when God uh, brings all the all the uh, all the people who have died in Christ back right and so it's wonderful it's a wonderful thing to to realize that God is predicting that in the resurrection, resurrection there will be babies right and uh, yeah, you have something to say yeah, yeah. I just wanted to uh, read that verse in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 6 where it says the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. So this tells a us that... A little child shall lead them. Tells us that children will be in heaven mm. and babies are they're, in the same part category of that as <laughs> child. That's right. Um, part of that group. You know, children come in all different ages. <laughs> so from birth to 12, 13, I don't know. And so, yeah, so it's predicting that little children, little, it actually says little child. That's right. a baby. Right. <laughs> I mean, there are children and then there's little children. <laughs> and so it's wonderful to know that uh, mothers and fathers um, can be reunited with babies that they have um, been separated by death. You know, I, I know that there will be many I'm sure there will be many children or mm. babies, children in heaven that that won't have mm. parents maybe that the are The babies there. made it, but mom and dad didn't. Right, mm. something like that. And there may be some moms who made it or dads who didn't made mm. it and children didn't. Mm. Um, and God will allow yes. us to raise children. Oh, yes. Uh, there will be some babies. babies who need parents. Right, <laughs> babies who need parents. That's what I, I think. I think that's a very good conclusion to come to. A lot of different scenarios that the resurrection right. will bring. Right. But you know, I, I knew I knew a friend. I knew a friend, and this man lost a daughter in a car accident. Mm. Um, him and his wife. But when I was talking to him, and he said 
that um, one of the one of the reasons he would he really wants to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Of course, he wants to, but he really wants to see his little girl again. Mm. It's a wonderful. <laughs> I said, if anything is going to motivate you, definitely that wonderful uh, reunion we will have with one another. And yes, resurrection uh, resurrections will the resurrection will reunite parents with their children, and, and that, he will be able to make up where he left off. That's with right. That baby and raise her mm-hmm. in heaven. That's right. It's going to be uh, every tear that was shed in sorrow here will be replaced with tears of joy when families are reunited. Right. Wonderful. Uh, I, can, I, th- I feel like I can talk for like two more hours just about that. Okay, so let's uh, go ahead and take a look at, uh, we have a question come to us through WhatsApp. So let's go ahead and take a look. It says, why after baptism we begin to struggle with the walk and some never make back to make it back to church do you know why you know that's a very good question mm-hmm. now baptism is a very very important thing because jesus said in the book of john chapter 3 he said unless you're born of the water and of the spirit um, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven so being born of the water and i like how the person who submitted the question said it after baptism we struggle with our walk Right. Let me ask you, after a baby is born, do they struggle with their walk? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> they certainly do. Babies struggle with their walk. I've seen some adults who struggle walking. Right. But the, the thing is, is that after a baby is born, special care needs to be given to that new Christian, right. that baby Christian. Right. That's what the church is for. Mm-hmm. And the church has to do a very good job at protecting this new Christian and feeding it. And praying with them, right? And uh, teaching them how to walk, right? In uh, not not too fast, but you know, uh, according to according to um, how their their progress. And uh, babies need patience, right? I mean, babies cry a lot, and they mess themselves, mm. and it's a big responsibility to take care of a baby. Uh, and so mothers have to be pa- mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters have to be patient with the baby, carrying it when it's crying, rocking it, and yeah. making sure everything's okay. It's a full time job, and there is no rest from it. And the church has to be very patient with the new Christians, also. Right. It's a struggle because it's a new life. Right. You're not used to it. You're used to a life of sin. And living a life of of righteousness, it's a, it's a wonderful beginning. Baptism is a wonderful beginning because praise God you have now, God, you know, um, giving you all these blessings, and you're you have the Holy Spirit working with you. But there is going to be a growth, and sometimes it's going to be well, you know, a little, a little, uh, a little. Uh, the, the word I'm looking for is trials. There, there are going to be trials. Right. There are going to be trials to your faith. The devil is going to jump on you, and he is going to try to make it hard so that you give up as early as possible before you make it to, to the point where you're too strong for him. Right. And so just like he attacked the baby Jesus when right. he was born, he's going to attack us as soon as we're born again. Right. Um, even after Jesus was baptized. And I think we can go there to the book of Matthew 3. Mm-hmm. In the book of Matthew chapter 3, I'm, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then was G- um would you like to read that, Jessica? If we can read verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 
And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to, to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. So the devil, after Jesus' baptism, and by the way, it says that he didn't eat anything for 40 days and 40 nights, and it says he was hungry after that. Right. Not during, but after. Mm. <laughs> that tells me that for 40 days and 40 nights, he, he wasn't hungry. I believe with all my heart that during those 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was so shut in to the Father's presence and communing with him that he never felt his hunger. <laughs> it was only after the 40 days, that's when it all came at him like a truck. You know, it really, the hunger pains really set on him. And it was at that time where the devil jumped on him to tempt him. It's not going to be any different with those of us who are baptized and we have this wonderful experience and we are so, some people call it a spiritual high, but we have the joy of salvation and we rejoice in the truth. And it's wonderful to, to have that experience. But then the devil comes and tries to discourage. And Jesus actually told a parable about this, if we can find the, uh, the parable of the, the sower. And Jesus talks about different kinds of seed. He talks of different kinds. No, I'm sorry, not different kinds of seed, different kinds of paths that the seed fall upon. And so I think we can go to the book of Matthew chapter 13, and we are going to take a look at that parable. And the one that I want to look at, um, allow me to read verse three and four. It says, and he spake many things unto them in parables saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5, some fell on stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Verse 6, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Um, the parable goes on, but I want to talk about those two paths, those two soils rather, those two uh, types of soil that those uh, seed fell upon. If you go to the book of, I'm sorry, same, if you go to the verse 19 of the same book and chapter, Matthew 13, if you, Jessica, if you can read verse 19 to 21. It says, when any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and Anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth, dureth for, for a while. For, a while. Mm -hmm. for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. So even Jesus said that there are some when the seed falls into hearts, uh, the devil wants to try to catch it away. Right. Okay? That's the first thing he wants to do. So as soon as you hear it, the devil tries to discourage. But then he says that there are some um, soil where when the seed, it springs up and they have joy. But then when persecution and other starts, things start happening, then it says that it withers up because it didn't have any root. So here is, here's what we really should do. Um, we, we don't want the, the seed to fall upon the heart in a very surface way, right. uh, in a shallow way, because, you know, we, it needs roots. Mm -hmm. It needs to go deep. 
so what I would, you know, what, what we need is for, is for the word of God to permanently stay in there, to, to have it uh, go as deep as it can. And there's only one way to do that. Mm. And the, the only way to do that is to continue uh, with, with, um, with the Bible study, continue with the prayer, right. and continue in the sharing of your faith. Because if you keep it shallow, and you, you know, I've heard people, I've asked people, do you pray? So yeah, when I eat. Do you read the Bible? Yeah, I listen to the Bible on on uh, Joy FM and when I go to church. Those are great things. But if you want a relationship to be deep, if you want your relationship with Jesus to be mm-hmm. deep and it grow root, then it can't be shallow. It needs to be uh, very intimate. You need to throw open the the your heart and let God go to the deepest part, the deepest, darkest secrets you have. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a consistent thing. It can't be sporadic. It certainly can't be just once a week. Um, the Bible needs to be opened, and communion with God needs to happen in prayer on a very daily basis. And so the more you do that, the deeper the seed will go. And then when persecution happens, you have that strength to go to. Okay, it looks like we have a caller, and uh, this caller would like to remain anonymous for now, but we'll take this call. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor. Hello, hi. Thanks for calling. You're very welcome. So my children would like to know, so if Jesus comes tomorrow and we all go to heaven, will we be forever 21, forever Mm. 16? What is the perfect body when we get there? (sighs) Do we age? Do we not age? That is a good question, and I'm so very glad that... um, your children ask that? I'm so glad that they're that they're thinking along those lines. What would be the perfect age? Mm. You know, the thing is is that before um before the flood, people were living to like 900 years old. Right. So what would be the perfect age if uh, you're living to that age, 500? I don't know. <laughs> um but what we do know is that everyone will have perfect bodies free of sin and so free of uh, decay, free of disease, and free of death, and yes, free of aging. Um, when uh, I'm trying to think of this uh, one verse, it's not going to come to me right now, but um, yes, uh, you might say we could be forever 21. Uh, some people will say, well, I, I reached my prime like maybe 25. <laughs> so, But you know, I guess for us, we kind of look at our 20s as our prime and uh, those were the times where backs didn't ache so much and uh, wrinkles didn't <laughs> start yet. But uh, there is, there, yes, there will be eternal youth and eternal life. Aging and uh, decay didn't come into this world as God's plan, but it was as a result of sin. And so and uh, that, that, uh, that will not be a factor in, with our new bodies. In the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, we, uh, we see the apostle Paul. He says that it is, raised, I'm sorry, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual one. And uh, he said, I'm trying to turn there right now as I'm, as I'm uh, looking. It should be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and... First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 and talking about the bodies that we're going to be having. And it says in uh, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye 
at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so it clearly says that we're going to be changed. In other words, we're not going to stay the same. We're going to be changed into something incorruptible, something that doesn't grow old. And you may be, we may be wondering, well, what about children in the resurrection? Are they going to stay five? You know, no, the Bible says that they are going to be growing up in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the Bible says that they shall grow up like calves in the stall. And so that, um, when will they stop growing? Um, you know, once more, it could be like what we consider our prime, like in the twenties or early thirties or something like that. But the children will grow to a, to a place where they are, uh, in their prime maturity. And those of us who are age will return to that very same prime maturity, the full picture of health, the full picture of strength. And that will be, um, every day after that is just going to get better. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if, uh, did, did we answer your question, ma'am? Yes. Yes. Thank you. You're Bye. very welcome. And please encourage, please encourage your children to keep uh, asking questions. We love it here. <laughs> You're we will do. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank you very much for your question and your call. Bye-bye. Okay, wonderful question. I love that question. Uh, no, I didn't give you a chance to uh, to also respond. Was there anything you wanted to add to that? No, are you kidding? When you were talking, I was just thinking all about heaven, and it's like, wow. <laughs> I know that, you know, when when uh, those in, who died in Christ are resurrected, uh, whether, whether they died from cancer or a car accident or whatever, when they get resurrected, they're going to be pure. They're going to be incorruptible. Like you said, they're, they're going to, no blemishes or anything. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder how are we going to recognize each other in heaven? <laughs> but I know we will. Yes. And, you know, when my mother passed away, she was uh, uh, an older lady already. Right. So I know by the time I see her in heaven, I'll be looking at a young mom. Right. You know, who knows? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll probably be the same age and I'll be looking. It'll be so <laughs> weird looking at a 20 something year old going, Mom? It's like, you know, <laughs> calling a 20 something year old mom. And we, who knows? We might be the same age. But. I was also thinking about the way it was originally in the in, in the garden. In the garden, hmm. how you know God intended for us to to multiply. So, in other words, He instituted marriage. Hmm. Uh, you were supposed to procreate and have children, and that children will grow up. So we know that even in the new earth, there will be children. Like we said earlier, hmm. there will be babies in heaven and children in the new earth. Right, um, and they are going to grow. But you're right; it's going to come to the point where they're going to no reach. No matter how old they are, it, yeah. we are, mm. whether we're 900 or 1,000, because we're going to be living for eternity. We're still going to have no blemishes. Right. You know, we're still going to be pure and and have holy bodies yes. like Jesus Christ. I kind of imagine that and when I said every day we're, it's just going to be better. Every day you just feel more young <laughs> or yeah. you feel you feel more energized. Um, I don't. I don't want to put a cap on what God can do right. throughout all eternity. Right. And uh, but we do know that um, you know we're going to be perfect, whatever that is. Yeah. Perfect age, perfect health, perfect skin, perfect eyes, perfect everything, perfect voice. You Everything's going to be perfect. <laughs> I can't really imagine in heaven anyone being old, like no. wrinkly old, because I know that's a result of sin. Mm. We know that that is a result because. Uh, when Adam and Eve fell, they started dying, and mm. and that's when their cells probably started dying or whatever. That's true. But 
They were supposed to live forever, they but they made it to, to the nine hundreds. Right. Mm. And so I like you said, everyone would be in their prime, whatever number that is, <laughs> whether it's five hundred or nine hundred <laughs> compared to eternity, I don't know. But we do know that everything is gonna be what God wanted it to be, perfect in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. All right. So wonderful questions. And it looks like we have about three minutes left before we go. And I don't, yes, go ahead. You know, I wanted to go back to that topic of of why after baptism we begin to walk Mm, with the Shogun. I really like a lot of the stuff you brought out. Mm. Uh, You know, that kind of reminded me of, you know, the detox programs because, you know, I work at the wellness and uh, we always tell the patients, just hang in there for the first three days. Hmm. The first three oh, days are the A whole week toughest. of detoxing. Whole yeah. week, seven days of detoxing. Hang the first three days is always the toughest. Hmm. And we always tell them, to patients, if you just hang in there, get over that bump, you'll be fine. Yes. And same thing with baptism. We know that after... A period and of I time. I really like what you said. When a baby is born, Satan wants to attack that baby before it, it develops and gets strong with Christ. Uh, and that makes so much sense, mm. doesn't it? Yes. The best time to attack is when the, the when you're ch- vulnerable, when it's a, yeah. a child and it's helpless and it's it doesn't know a whole lot of things yet. Mm. Uh, so low of his Satan, but that's it his is, character. It's low of him, yeah. And uh, you know, we just, but every child needs a family, and right. the church has to be there for the children. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it looks like we have reached the end of our program. We're very glad for those of you who sent in questions. Thank you very much for your calls. And also, uh, for those of you who were just simply listening, we thank you for tuning in. And we would like to invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffinus. And Jessica Moffinus. Saying good night and God goodnight. bless. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.